Welcome to My Heart Songs podcast number 158, Coronavirus Flame Out Part 2. Think for a moment that 1970 and 2022 are as far apart as 1970 and 1918, when the last great plague was upon humanity, following on the heels of the horrors of World War I. Are you old enough to remember 1970? No cell phones, no email, no computers, no Google searches. American society just making the transition from neighborly front porch living to backyard privacy. Cancer, mostly a death sentence. Climate change on no one's radar screen. So many changes since then, at an even more rapid pace than those since 1918. With its unusually high mortality for young adults, the great influenza killed somewhere between 17 and 100 million people. Valid reporting stats were harder to come by in those days, thus the huge possible spread in numbers. It was known as the grip, three-day fever, or influenza from the Italian meaning influence. Ultimately misnamed the Spanish flu because the causative virus H1N1 influenza A was freely reported in Spain while other countries censored details. Its actual epicenter origins remain unknown. By contrast, worldwide COVID deaths stand at 5.73 million as of today. Of course, the actual number is higher due to limited testing and reporting challenges in terms of attribution of the cause of death. The U.S. currently has one of the highest death rates at 7.2 deaths per million population each day. Reports this last week surfaced that a high percentage of white-tailed deer are infected, but not sick, with COVID, offering the alarming possibility that other animal species, it had already been found in dogs, cats, tigers, mink, ferrets, otters, non-human primates, tigers and other big cats, and probably rats in the New York sewer system, are also providing opportunities for the virus to continue to mutate, raising the specter of both a more infectious and more virulent variety eventually emerging. Well, shite. As if I weren't already stressed, scared, sad, and sedentary in terms of hibernating at home. Martin Luther King Jr.'s words ring true. It really boils down to this, that all life is interrelated. We are all caught in an inescapable network of mutuality tied in a single garment of destiny, Whatever affects one directly affects all indirectly. We are made to live together because of the interrelated structure of reality. Close quote. So how might I label the next chapter of the book, My Life During COVID? Despite much evidence to the contrary, I remain cautiously optimistic. Or afraid and apathetic, burned out and bewildered, careless and callous, denying and defying, COVID reveals all. Or how about, wherever you go, there you are. I think that one is already taken. Seriously, has humanity learned any useful lessons during this horrendous period? Have I? Any internal growth shifts shifts happening? External changes in my daily doings? While I know many who have gotten COVID, I hardly know anyone personally in my circle who has died from it. Yet, just the sight of everyone still wearing masks here in New Mexico and the disease still very much being the topic of daily conversations, reflects my own mortality back at me. Full stop right there. 
my own mortality. Death is neither failure nor the enemy, but the natural course of life itself, not to be thwarted with arrogance or a sense of defeat, but expected and accepted. My death is certain, but its timing and manner are not. We fail the way all complex biological and man-made engineered systems meet their end, (laughs) randomly and gradually. Questions intersecting life, death, and meaning within the inevitable reality of molecules eventually misbehaving. Most endings are not controllable as biology and universal laws of physics have their way with us. Death finds meaning when I see myself as part of something greater, a transcendence I can still grasp when all else is falling apart. Death's approach causes me to turn back into myself, to tell no lies. I hope to experience some sense of freedom within the ravages of whatever afflicted disease comes my way and retain functional engagement with the world and loved ones for as long as possible, with a little help from my friends. Music remains one of the most powerful instruments humans have devised for conveying raw emotional reality. Mumford and Sons sing beautifully, but you are not alone in this, and you are not alone in this. As brothers we will stand and will hold your hand. Hold your hand. See the program notes for the YouTube link to this beautiful song. Has the pandemic taught me to live a more balanced life, to alter my priorities? Life-work balance seems an elusive term created to make one feel even worse about oneself rather than induce consciousness-changing behaviors. Divergent paths emerge, each rooted in trying to maintain control, commit to even more organization, or avoiding concrete choices to keep the options open. Both seem to be dead ends in terms of the sweet enoughness I seek. Whenever I make a choice to do something with my time, energy, heart space, money, I I say farewell to some other possibility. Given the ongoing bombardment of various COVID messages absolutely screaming a wake-up call to pay attention, how will I spend my day? Am I using my remaining days, months, years wisely? Yehuda Halevi was a Jewish physician, poet, and philosopher, born in Spain almost 1,000 years ago. I doubt he ever considered that his beautiful phrases might still ring true almost a millennium later, with humanity still reeling from love and loss. Quote, "'Tis a fearful thing to love what death can touch, a fearful thing to love, to hope, to dream, to be, to be, and, oh, to lose, a thing for fools this, and a holy thing, a holy thing to love. For your life has lived in me, your laugh once lifted me, your word was gift to me. To remember this brings painful joy. Tis a human thing, love, a holy thing, to love what death has touched. Thanks as always for listening, and remember friends and family can easily sign up at myheartsongs.org.